Well, hello, everybody. This is Roger Manning, and I'd like to welcome you to Excellentia Podcast. This is Surgery Center Chat. And today I have a special guest. Uh, His name is uh, John Paoni, and he's the administrator of the Green Mountain Surgery Center. Welcome, John. Thank you. So when I first met John, I was doing some phone calling around the country, conducting a search for a new administrator for uh, a search that we had in Vermont. And uh, I called John's facility, met him. We talked a little bit. And um, he agreed to enter the process. And what I found during that process was that, John, you really had a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of passion for the job. And uh, there was many stories that we talked about of successes that you had with your surgery center in New York. And I was kind of wanting to start this interview, maybe just talking about some of those successes that you've had in the past being administrator. So can you tell us about some? Sure. So um, I have been uh, employed as a program director for our wound care center. It was an offsite wound care center with our local hospital and then was actually hired to build a brand new state-of-the-art six-room, 18,000-square-foot ambulatory surgery center in upstate New York. I had no experience in ambulatory surgery when I took this endeavor on, and we had broken ground in February of that year, and I was thrown into it to work with the contractors and help with the overall progress of the construction of the surgery center. And, you know, when you're thinking about patient flow, you think a little bit differently than what your architect or your general contractor thinks about. And I had freedom and flexibility to make a lot of changes based on um, patient flow within our facility. And it kind of made the uh, whole process mine. It was it was a blast. I had such a great time doing it and able to to make and develop a beautiful surgery center. And it it just came together really, really well. It, it was a lot of fun um, learning the process. And, you know, a lot of it was um, uh, jumping in and just doing it by yourself, not really knowing what you were doing, but learning as you went. So you'd never done anything like that before? No, that was that was the first time. Um, I love working in healthcare. I love seeing smiles on patients' faces when they leave and they're feeling so much better than when they walked in the door. And and my whole attitude has always been, if I brought my mom here, how would I want her to be treated? And I think that's important to remember that every patient is someone's mom and how we treat them is so super important. And knowing, you know, learning the regulations and the standards and and making it a really super great place for people to come is um, so self-satisfying. So you haven't had a chance really to build a team yet except for your new uh, director at uh, the new facility in Vermont. But uh, you did build a team back in New York. And I remember you telling me some creative ideas. You're very passionate about team building. What can you tell us about team building? So um, I was able to build a team in New York, and and that was a lot of fun, um, pulling it together. But I I think that you have to think of, you know, everybody contributes to the overall success. Every position in that facility is super important. The, The person that cleans the floors, the radiology technologist, they all contribute to the total care of that patient. And, you know, we, we have to recognize that we can't stand alone. We uh, 
all come together to bring a total quality overall care to that patient. So everybody on that team has to pitch in. And it's funny because when you're building uh, your team, you, you really want to be specific and you want to be as transparent as possible and letting people know, you know, if you're an endoscopy nurse, when you come to an ambulatory surgery center that's multi-specialty, you're not going to be just an endoscopy nurse. You're going to learn other other things. You're going to learn preoperative. You're going to learn postoperative. You're going to learn the ORs. And you may have to go in and clean the waiting room one day and I'll come in and I'll help you. We'll do it together. And I think that whenever I was building a team and explained how we work in an in the ambulatory surgery center setting, it's so unique and different, especially in the nurses that are coming from the hospital, because usually I find that, you know, they're regimented. They, it's almost like they have uh, blinders on when they think, uh, and again, the RN that's in endoscopy, for example, all she ever does is endoscopy. And she never really will venture off and learn other specialties under one roof because she's kind of tailored to just that one specific area. In an ambulatory surgery center setting, there's a lot of room for growth. And when we explain that, I think people get excited about it. Um, I think you have to love what you do, and I think it shows every day. And I think as uh, an administrator, my role is to support everybody in that facility. And it's not about being the boss, but it's about working hard for your team. And if they're feeling the support from their administration, then they're going to love it. They're going to stay. They're going to be there. They're going to contribute. They're going to jump in and be a part of the team. So getting back to finding talent. Now, when you build this center in Vermont, and what what is your open date you think is going to be? So funny you ask. Um, Right now we have six employees, and we are doing our first cases next Tuesday. And Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll be doing five cases in the morning on Tuesday and five cases in the morning on Thursday. So I'm very excited about this project because this was like so me. <laughs> and um, I really got excited about building another surgery center. But this is a kind of a unique one because it's the very first multi-specialty ambulatory surgery center in the state. And um, it, there's been a little bit of politics involved in getting the certificate of need approved. And it's kind of funny because um, the the local folks here don't really understand what an ambulatory surgery center is, and neither do the doctors, but yet they're starting to see the realization of the facility. Now, we did um, we did advanced cardiac life support training for the docs, which is a part of our requirement for uh, the physicians that will be utilizing the surgery center, and they came in last night, and they were so impressed with the facility. <laughs> and I think that building this this unit here is just an incredible opportunity. So with this incredible opportunity, I know that um, we've discussed some of the challenges that you've had. It's the first multi-specialty center in the state. Uh, to get your CON, I understand that they told you you have to become joint commission accredited? That's that's correct. Um, one of the requirements um, that the Green Mountain Care Board put forth in this giving out this certificate of need here was that our initial CMS survey was being conducted by the joint commission. There were some other stipulations in there. One was that we would have to have a transfer agreement with the local hospitals. 
It kind of threw me off a little bit on that one because if the physicians all have admitting privileges at our local hospital, there's no need for a transfer agreement, but it's it's part of part of the process that they had mandated. They also wanted uh, transfer agreements with uh, local ambulance services. And I, I think that this position has created an opportunity for us to educate the residents of the state what a true ambulatory surgery center is including the physicians because they don't understand it. Right now, if a surgeon's doing a procedure at the hospital and they have the room booked for that procedure, uh, nine times out of 10, the surgeon's case gets bumped for something else that got put in front of it. And the surgeon sits in a bench in an OR hallway waiting for a room to turn so he can go in and do his uh, case. That happens frequently, and I think that's frustrated a lot of the local doctors. I'm amazed at the doctor culture here. It's very laid back. It's very relaxed. They seem to be very suggestive to open, uh, you know, open in suggestions and ideas, and they are just like, you know, we're glad you're here. You can help us to build the surgery center. You can show us how to run the surgery center because we don't know what we're doing. And I think that has been a really, really great plus you know, we've had some terrible challenges construction-wise. Our general contractor was unfamiliar with a healthcare facility. So, you know, many of the things that are required in a CMS survey, we had to make sure that they were being done properly. And, you know, um, the flooring wasn't right. So we had to replace some of the floors in our ORs because they didn't do the vinyl flooring right. So there's been some challenges on the building side. Did they understand the uh, life safety 2012 guidelines or were they up to speed on that? You know, um, I would say somewhat. They did not understand what, you know, the fire caulking process was on your smoke barrier wall. Mm. Uh, they didn't understand that. We had asked them to train and all the subcontractors on site had to be trained as well. And so that it was done properly. And it, it just was trial and error, trial and error. There was a lot of different project parts of the project that we know are required from the life safety requirement and you know it 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 was a challenge because we get, we would get pushback from the contractors a little bit or some of the subcontractors on the job but um, at the end of the day the facility's ready to go so we got it done fabulous what's well, interesting you bring this subject up because just last week Kathy Montgomery and I did a podcast on uh, new AC developments and some of the uh, problems that we've experienced in the in the last several projects, the last three projects specifically, of dealing with contractors that uh, weren't necessarily up to speed on, like life safety code 2012, and maybe you know you know, some other things just such as patient flow that made sense. So it's interesting you say that. Yet another example to to support what we were saying that uh, you need a guy like you in the early process of building a center that understands this and can challenge the contractor. Absolutely. You know, um, our world's changed. I mean, 9-11 changed our world when we experienced terrorist attacks on the Twin Towers in, in lower Manhattan. And, you know, um, in my other center, down the road at, at a local college, there was a shooter event. And we had to shut our facility down. And actually, we locked the doors, but yet we still had patients coming in and out. So we had to actually have a, a real live person manage each entrance or exit. And it made me think twice about building this surgery center. How do we secure this building? Should there ever be an active shooter event? And so we programmed 
access points on our doors entirely differently than I would have thought in my first center because I never really would have given that much of a thought about it. But our world has changed and you need to be prepared for those changes today, especially when you're building a new center. So, you know, it's it's the right time to get it done right, and which I think we really did a great job. So all our doors, um, they're all key carded access. So we're ready to go. And, you know, we installed panic buttons underneath the front registration. So, you know, if, if there's something going on in that waiting area, boom, the panic button hits, the doors get locked down, and the police are automatically notified. Hmm. So those are some of the changes that I think are different from building the first center to building this center. Well, you've already mentioned the challenge of, um, you know, working necessarily with nurses that come out of the hospital. And there's a lot of people in the audience have probably um, expressed their concerns or gone to conferences and said, you know what, recruiting nurses in my community is really tough, trying to get the quality nurses. Well, they haven't met you yet trying to recruit surgery center nurses in Vermont because there are no other surgery centers other than that ophthalmology. So how did you approach, you said you have, you've hired six. So how did you approach finding experienced people or, or do, do you have a train your own program, so to speak? So I, I think you have to, I, my first of all, I think our employees are by far your greatest asset in any organization. And I think it's a, uh, our responsibility as an organization to compensate well and take care of our employees. The last thing you want is a high turnover rate. So we set out to find qualified individuals. We knew that we were not going to be able to find people that had ambulatory surgery center experience, not even, I mean, multi-specialty anyways. But um, because there is no other facilities in the state, we really had to recruit out of the local hospitals here. But I think the most important part of that was looking at personalities, looking at someone who wants to grow, wants to learn, wants to be there, wants to participate, wants to play a part of the team and understands that everybody's required to do everything and realizes this is a, a great opportunity. Part about an ambulatory surgery center is everything's under one roof. So individuals under that one roof all wear different hats. I'm the risk manager. I'm the compliance officer. I am the accounts payable person. I do payroll. I make sure that the place is running, it, you know, as far as that goes. My, my clinical nurse director, she is the certified infection control. She, you know, she manages the bloodborne pathogen. Everybody has specific roles and, and, you know, we have to keep track of everything. Everybody pitches in towards the maintenance of the facility. So I think when you realize your, your talent is out there, I always look at personality. For me, I think that's super important, and I'm hoping that they understand what they're getting into. I try to be as transparent as possible so they understand what is coming on board with moving into a surgery center versus a hospital. We certainly know that we don't want to create the same culture that's experienced in our hospital. We want to be much more efficient. We don't want to have to be behind every day because a surgeon's late or we won't bump a room on a surgeon, but we want to make sure things are running smoothly and efficiently so that the patients move in and out of the facility in a good, timely manner. So, John, when you started talking about all of these things that the nurses were going to be doing that maybe they weren't doing in the in the hospital, they're stepping out of their comfort zone, you're cross-training them to do things. Did you get pushback? Um, 
How, how did they work? No. Actually, I didn't. I, they were like, wow, I want to learn that. Gee, really? I've never done GYN. No, I've never done orthopedic. Eyes? Oh, I'd love to learn to do eyes. You know, I, I don't know what goes on in a preoperative area. I don't, I've never done a post-op area. So I think they realized that this was a great opportunity for them in learning different areas of, of healthcare. You know, there are times when you will have to become a purchasing agent. You're going to have to help pick out items to be purchased. You're going to have to shop for it between the different vendors. So I think they, the team that we brought in, so I have a, a very strong endoscopy nurse that we brought on board, and she's been great. She knows the endoscopy area, but she also was very interested in electronic medical records systems. And she became our clinical analyst, and she grasped the AM, the EMR system so quickly. And she jumped right in and took over and started to build all the different procedural consents within the system. And she's just done an outstanding job. And I think that she's, you know, and she says to me, I would have never been had a chance to do any of this kind of IT stuff at the hospital. That's correct. She said so. Yeah. That's so correct. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Now that you have listened to our ASC Success Series interview, do you have a success story to tell? Excellent Advisor Group would be interested in talking to you and putting you in the national spotlight through our ASC Success Series podcast. If you are interested, email us at roger at excellentiagroup.com. So you open their eyes and it sounds like they're pretty enthused about uh, not only working in a surgery center, but a brand new surgery center. And We've also talked that uh, because this is uh, the first multi-specialty, it sounds like you have an unusual opportunity here for a lot of new cases and maybe even attracting some physicians outside of the, the initial investors. And that's true. Um, so right now, with the certificate of need, we only have two ORs, but we have four procedure rooms. And we are going to be doing endoscopy we're going to be doing GYN cases. We're doing some orthopedic cases. We'll do some general surgery. Certainly eyes will be part of it. And um, with the opening of the center, we have attracted over 30 physicians that have expressed interest in coming on and doing surgeries in the surgery center. And I think part of it has been because of their displeasure of getting bumped out of an OR or being held up on a case for different reasons. They want to be able to be efficient, move in and out quickly and, and do the procedures. So I think it really opened up a lot of physicians' eyes. I, I think that I'm seeing more of a trend that the physicians that have been in that hospital-employed model are now moving away from that. It seems like some there's some very large groups that were formed and became independent because they they felt that they weren't able to practice freely under the guise of the hospital or perform surgeries freely uh, on a regular basis. Do you have any predictions that you're going to make about how the hospitals and the communities are going to react? Well, I, I it's kind of funny because I don't know I don't know what their their take is from being an outsider coming in from what I'm hearing is, is they keep saying they don't believe that the center is really going to open or that it's really going to happen. They're busy. There are large facilities with, you know, the one big hospital here has like 22 ORs here. So I, I'm not really sure how they're going to hmm. 
take it. I, I realize that the center is under a lot of scrutiny because it is the first. Mm-hmm. So we do everything by the book. We follow our standards, you know, and if there's a, some a requirement, like say pharmacy agreement, we have a pharmacy consultant. I, I think the CMS standard says that the pharmacist would consult on a annual basis. Well, we're making ours come in quarterly. We feel that mm-hmm. we have to be above the standards because of the scrutiny, but it's the right thing to do. Right. We want to run a good facility. Right, right. So your physicians are extremely excited. Is there anything that you guys are contemplating doing, anything new, any certain surgeons that want to do something different in the surgery center? So we've talked about some. So, you know, at this point, we're at the uh, let's let's crawl slow before we start running a road race kind of a uh, spot. Um, we're certainly open to suggestions for different procedures that some of the physicians have come to us. And um, so basic procedures in the beginning is we're going to kind of feel our way a little bit. We want to get through our, our survey process first and get that underneath our belt and move a little bit forward and start scheduling cases. Because this is a smaller center in, in, as far as only having two ORs, I think that we're going to get very busy very quickly and it's going to be a little crazy. And so we're going to have to manage scheduling for all these different cases that they're bringing on board. So that will be a challenge. I I don't know that we will do anything that isn't normally being done in any other ambulatory surgery center anywhere else in the country. You know, um, be pretty basic. I wanted to circle back around to maybe something that we originally talked about, John. I found that you have a lot of uh, special skills and traits about you that that has made you a very successful administrator. And I also have learned, like myself, I'm involved in human resources. You uh, are a very strong advocate of HR guidelines and following them. But my question is, is what do you think it is about you that maybe stands out in terms of traits, skill sets, that makes you successful, that maybe uh, people, when they're looking to hire administrators, they should try to find these same things. Wow, that's. I think I think you have to love what you do, and I think you have to be enthusiastic about what you do. For me, it's it's not going to work every day. I feel like I'm going to my hobby every day. It's a blast. I love what I do. I I really care about people. I care about the people that are a part of my team. I want them to know that I'm here to support them. And, and help them to do and make sure that they have all the tools available to do whatever they're required to do that day to take great care of those patients. I think that's super important. I think that, you know, I, I said it before, your employees are your greatest asset. I think that you create your own loyalty. And I think if you are being very transparent and know and let them know, you know, why are we doing this? Well, this is the reason why we have to do this. And it, and if you explain it to them and you communicate with them, I think that they they understand where you're coming from. And I think that if you put together a good quality package for them, they understand that that you really care. And I think if you show that, it, it comes through every single day. You know, John, I talk to a lot of administrators every week and, and uh, I hear kind of the opposite sometimes. There's individuals that 
that are just overwhelmed with the job. And you've already already admitted you have uh, a lot of hats that you wear. So go out and buy yourself a big hat rack with lots of hats on it. But you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're the HR manager, the risk manager, the administrator, and you name it. Uh, maybe you're head of QAPI, but uh, finance, the chief financial officer, you wear lots of hats. And that really overwhelms some people. So I guess my last question, and trying to keep this into maybe a half-hour conversation, when the going gets tough in running your surgery center, either in the past or even in this new project like that, where do you go or what do you do to muster up the courage to just keep hanging in there, to have the confidence, the motivation to keep going? Well, you know, we all do wear a lot of different hats, and it's part of our role, and I think you have to learn to prioritize I think you have to remember why you're there. The The real end of the day is um, all about your patients. When I worked in interventional pain, they would hobble in in agony and then they'd walk out the door smiling. To me, that gave me such self-satisfaction. I think that's one of the greatest things that kept me moving. You know, um, we had done a very unique case um, back in upstate New York where a gentleman had been bitten by a dog and and lost his bottom lip and all the skin on his chin. He had a surgeon that had put him back together, but he had tremendous pain, absolutely tremendous pain. And we did a very unique procedure on him and he walked out of there. He was smiling and it was amazing. I, I don't think there's any greater satisfaction in healthcare when you see someone, um, as a direct result for your efforts. To me, that's the most enthusiastic thing. That's what keeps me going. I think you have to learn to prioritize your tasks because you get sidetracked so easily with so much that's going on throughout the day. And so, you know, I mean, I write my my tasks down so I don't lose track of them, you know, so that I, I don't forget to reconcile the checkbook or I didn't forget to pay this bill for the surgery center. So I think you put it into perspective but at the end of the day, for me, it's all about the patients. So so you mentioned, though, that there's so many things to do. You prioritize on them. You, d- you don't ever get that feeling of being overwhelmed with so many things to do? Oh, gosh, yes. Every day I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Today was one of those days okay. I felt like a, I, it was absolutely crazy. But you know okay. what? When, you, when you're done, and I did, I, 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 worked, I was there early and I left late tonight more because I wanted to, there's things I wanted to complete before I I left. I think that, you know, for me, that self-satisfaction of putting in a really great day and managing it all. And yeah, it was a pretty stressful day, but at the end of the day, it's like looking back on it and it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, we got it all done, you know, Mm -hmm. and tomorrow it'll start all over again. It's part of what we do. And I think that, you know, you, you learn to manage it. You have to prioritize, keep a a list of your to-dos so you don't lose track of it. And I think that, you know, you just stay on your task and, you, and you'll get it done. Yeah, very good advice. Very good advice. Well, you know, I always find when I talk with you, you even tonight as we talk, uh, you're very uplifting, you're motivating, and golly, you make me feel like even if I've had a bad day, I'm going to uh, throw all that aside and, uh, you know, give it a good old try again because you, cause you make me feel that way. So thank oh, you very much. Thank you. Thank you very I, I much. Think ad- I think attitude is everything. And I think that you choose your own attitude. You can choose to be happy. It's it's all about your own choices. And I think if you choose a good positive attitude all the time and it shows, it, it radiates and people 
are drawn to that and certainly your team is drawn to it and they'll say man oh man i can't believe what you you got done today or wow i mean this is going on here and you're still smiling i think that's everything Mm -hmm. yes it is because obviously if they see their leader not smiling then it has a negative effect upon them absolutely john peone thank you so much for being our guest tonight on excellentia podcast and it's been a pleasure and uh, you're you're a very good friend thank you very much Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a good evening. Bye, everybody. Good night. Be sure to find us on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify, and subscribe so you can get updates whenever we release new episodes. Did you love this episode of Excellentia Podcast? Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher to help us get the word out. Thanks for tuning in.